Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky to the Magic Kingdom. And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 514. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my live video broadcast and chats every Wednesday night on Facebook, my videos, books, audio tours, blog, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. Visiting Walt Disney World, or not visiting enough, often evokes an emotional response from us. Not just that lump in your throat when you see something that gives you all the feels, but our emotions include a wide variety of feelings such as wonder and joy and love. And this week, we're going to explore not just the psychology and sociology behind the range of emotions, but the who, what, why, when, and how of these moments, places, people, and experiences in Walt Disney World. And of course, I'm going to want to hear from you and the most emotional experience you've had or have when you visit. I'll also have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package that now will include a shirt from our merchandise store, and I'll then have more information at the end of the show about our next WW Radio Meet of the Month, other special events, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. That may be a line from damn Yankees, but the sentiment is the same because for me and millions of others and probably you, the deep reason why we love and visit and talk about and eat, sleep and think about Disney World is just that. It's the love of the that we have for this place. And if you think that I'm sappy, weepy and sentimental, you're right. Actually, in fact, on show 494, we talked about our top corny, nostalgic, and sentimental things we love about Walt Disney World. But I think it's more than that, isn't it? Like, there's something about visiting this place that gets us truly emotional. And yes, maybe it's weepy, teary-eyed, and full of warm and fuzzies, but I think it's also more than that, and much more. And in fact, I think there's a wide spectrum of emotional experiences that we have In Walt Disney World, dare I say, a top 10 list of them? And joining me this week is a man who may not wear his emotions on his sleeves the way I do, but he's always up for a good laugh, a good cry, 
or a trip down sentimentality lane. He is the publisher of Celebrations Magazine, my friend, and a guy who I am not ashamed to share a good cry in front of. He is, of course, little Timmy Foster. I'm crying already. <laughs> Are you, you crying because you're... <laughs> I'm crying because I have to do... Th- no, I'm crying because... No, I... Hello. You, well, listen, you know, <laughs> I think I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation. And as always, to in the interest of full disclosure, we mm-hmm. don't talk about this ahead of time. The idea was floated, top 10 emotional experiences in Walt Disney World. But I think... I'm curious, as I always am, after 10 years of doing this with you, Tim, I'm always curious just to see where your list is going to go to. But, you know, this is actually an interesting topic. Look, I, I was – okay, I took a very circuitous journey to where I am today, and one of my majors in college was sociology. So I, I studied human emotion a little bit and, and why we do and think and feel the way we do both individually and collectively. So this is a very interesting topic to me. So I want to know your thoughts when just just about the topic itself. When we talked about emotional experiences in Walt Disney World, what came to mind to you? What what sort of resonated in your mind when you heard that? Well, before I answer that question, the thing that just immediately came to mind is the horrific realization that have you been emotionally manipulating me all this time since you seem to know the inner workings of the mind? Not intentionally. Making me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But now, I think, I, uh, wait a minute, I'm going to, hold on a second. Yes, you talk yeah, about that emotional manipulation. I, I will address that later on because there is absolute emotional manipulation in, in a good way that I think takes that, that takes place in the Disney parks. Well, to answer the real question that you put forth to me, I um, imagined, too, that we would both have wildly different approaches to this topic. And and as you introduced it, you, as you always do, kind of blew some of my approach out of the water, but that's okay. Um, The the first thing I thought of was when we talk about emotion that we – when we're talking about Disney, the first thing that comes to mind is the welling of the te- you know, the happiness, the joy, the that. But we've talked about that before. We've talked about that a lot. I think we did a show, things that make you cry, didn't we? We've actually we, done a sh- we, we did a should. show about the the corny, nostalgic, sentimental yeah, things. I remember, I remember that one. We also we did, did. Yeah, we also did another show. Um, Oh, the 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 two sixty nine. We talked about oh, one yeah, that, that one. are sort of the wow moments, the, and which I think were were more of the breathless, yeah. speechless, laughing, maybe even a little teary eyed. Um, but again, they they to a certain degree were were mo- individual moments that um, evoked an emotional response. Well, knowing that was the case, and I guess we haven't gone straight to 10 things that make you cry, and we should probably – I vote <laughs> we should do that one day. But uh, my my first reaction when we said emotion was that's not the only emotion that's out there. There's a lot of emotions out there, and this would be an interesting exercise to explore the other emotions that may not immediately come to mind when you think of 
being at Walt Disney World. Why I think this would be a uh, truly circuitous. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Circuitous and go with me for pretty much the whole show. So, <laughs> well, I am happy that you did not just go with the easy things that make you cry <laughs> in Disney. Yeah, and we easily could have. We'll get there, but you know. right, and I think there'll be a lot of that because I think. Sometimes the the ways that you get to the crying and look, man, I'm a crier. I don't mind yeah, admitting it, um, but she there's will. there's different reasons that we get, and I'll talk about that in my list. But when I when I saw this and when I when I thought about it, I sort of went through the the requisite questions first, right? You know, what is an emotion? You know, what are the things that we're actually talking about? These these mental reactions, these subjective experiences that that elicit strong feelings towards um, an object or a thing and you know maybe there are some psychological and physical and behavioral changes that take place within us too again that outward expression of the emotion of a tear a laughter whatever it is Uh, then I thought about you know why why do we get so emotional and I'll and I'm gonna I'll touch on that at the end because I think as I went through the list, I think I have, at least for me, my answer to that. Um, but I think, and this is something that I've been talking about, I think since I started doing this, is we have, as as Disney enthusiasts, as Disney fans, as Disney visitors, guests, however you want to, to classify yourself, we have an emotional, and for some of our cases, a deep emotional connection to this place, right? That's why... There are podcasts and blogs and we keep going back and some of us move here. And look, that does not happen elsewhere. The the feelings that we have, and and I won't speak for everybody, but I think a lot of us are probably very like-minded. The feelings that we have, these emotional responses that we get don't happen elsewhere for the most part, right? Because it's, again, again, it goes to the how, the how Disney makes us feel. It's what other other places and experiences don't have so I, I will use a very specific example i'm a huge spider-man fan i love the spider-man attraction that is that in the in the place down the street where that other place down the street with like where the light doesn't touch i, I love that ride right <laughs> and and i i have a personal emotional connection to spider-man but it's not conveyed through that place or through that attraction per se, if that makes any sense. So I it's have an emotional. It's not a ride. It's not an attraction. It's a ride. Right. I have a. I have an emotional connection to Spider Man, but I don't feel that when I go there. Right. And and you know, look, we'll we'll and and I think that that dictates a lot from a, um, a very interesting. You know, you want to sort of talk about the theme park industry and um, look. Decisions that we make, Tim, are, you know, plus or minus, they're 70% based on emotions, right? So I, I think as we talk and go through our lists, it's not just about the emotions that we feel. It's the, it's the types of emotions. The only thing I, I will say that I was disappointed in, because, look, there's lots of different ways and there's just sort of different definitions to what emotions are. So if you go back to Aristotle's rhetoric, he talks about anger and fear and friendship and kindness and pity and love and, and envy. 
Darwin had a very different definition. He talked about, you know, suffering and joy and reflection and anger and surprise. There's others that have, you know, the eight basic emotions. Forbes has a list of emotions. Unfortunately, I did notice hunger is not an emotion. I I tried to shoehorn that in somewhere. Ah. (laughs) How are we going to do this? uh, Don't you worry. I'll figure out how Uh, to squeeze uh, food in here somewhere. But I I do want to um, – and and I sort of just wanted to preface our list by taking us through – a little bit both of our thought processes as to sort of how we got here, but you are my friend, you are my guest, I am wickedly and wildly curious as to where you went, so I, of course, invite you to please, um, you have the microphone, uh, the spotlight is on you, and you get to go first. Wonderful. Well, I feel like my li- I'm just going to throw it up and, and talk. I mean, you're throwing Aristotle and Darwin at me, and I got, <laughs> I got nothing. This is what I did. <laughs> name dropper. So as, I'm not name dropping Aristotle. <laughs> um, I I kind of thought uh, to get to the point. I, I tried to thought like you were Aristotle has his list and that Forbes dude has his list. Charles I, Darwin. You may or may not have read about him in school, but Darwin. Okay. <laughs> I yes. No, I, I like. He's a cool cat. Um, I went. To, to I might not have gone to psychology major psycho school like you did <laughs> or wherever you went but I sure as I'm sitting here went to the movies and years ago I saw a wonderful movie called Inside Out and that's where I'm, that's how I started my list off and I thought what a better way to journey through the emotions the gamut of emotions than to use Inside Out as my guide so right. Yeah, so what I'm doing, uh, like I said, this is kind of a I, – I was trying to come up with examples for uh, most – well, all of them, and it was kind of tough, as you'll see as I go through the list, because some of these emotions aren't as – you, as you know, that all emotions aren't good emotions. There's mm-hmm. good emotions and bad ones, and I thought the thing with this show, when we're talking about emotions, is uh, this is a chance not just to talk about all the good ones, which we will, but – there's bad ones too, and and they have a place here. But what I found was they kind of uh, I can work this and weave this all together. I'm actually moving my hands around as if you people can see what I'm doing. But um, into uh, the end where they kind of does all come together and lead to the same place. But so in the interest of doing that, uh, uh, I started with I put the five emotions from inside out down and figured where I'll start. Now I thought I'd start at the so-called bottom of the barrel <laughs> and start with disgust as an emotion. Um, and as you'll see what I'm trying to do, like they all start this place, but they're going to end in a happy place. So this is good. And disgust is can take on a variety of forms at, at Disney. And um, the first thing that came to mind was the the humorous disgust that we experience at uh, imagination with the skunk smell, uh, tricking your friend into having Beverly at Epcot and going <laughs> ha 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 when they you know their face turns green. Your favorite attraction, which I know you're going to sorely miss, Stitch's Great Escape and the Chili Dog smell. <laughs> Um, 
We've seen this in movies besides Inside Out. Uh, we've seen this come up in movies. Uh, Ratatouille is my favorite example. The first uh, rendition of the soup that Linguini makes and the reaction he has, which is, is disgusting because the soup is disgusting. Um, these are all, you know, they're it's it's a an emotion that you would it's it's a bad one and it should convey bad feelings i guess but in these cases it's more of a humorous thing than anything else so um so i start with that and i start with this as a desperate way to shoehorn this into this list without it being totally stupid and getting it out of the way um but when there's one thing and disgust might not be the fair word for this but um frustrating might be the, the part that goes with this and this will go back these are all going to work back to the experiences that people have and we have at disney uh, either with ourselves or with our friends or family or with other guests and uh, whether it's the magic we're experiencing or our ability to share the magic and when i talk about disgust but more about frustration is when i see people at disney who are having a rotten time or are doing is something they're doing it wrong. They're doing they're doing Disney wrong, which I think would be a great list. Um, yeah, they're they're frustrated. They're tired. They're they're hot. Worst of all, they might have gotten in an uh, altercation with some other guests, which I unfortunately I did witness something like that on my last trip. Um, nothing, you know, fisticuffy, but but argumentative. At the end of the day, people were angry. It was crowded and. Tempers got lost, and at the end of the day, the offending party had left on the monorail, and the mother and daughter were left behind, and the daughter's crying, and um, and that that says it's frustrating and and disgusting, if you will, but um, gave me the and I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but it, it gave it gives you an opportunity, gave me an opportunity to go over and reach out, reach out a hand, reach out to your hard say like like what's what's going what's wrong and they explained and you 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 know i get it. i'm with you don't don't worry about it you know we're here we're together it's great i'll help you if there, there's something wrong don't worry about it like giving it having the ability to go and make someone who's having a miserable time having a bad day um trying to make it just doing what you can to make it a little better a little brighter a little more magical especially at disney world is that's where this all should happen so you kind of see what i'm trying to do here listen i i give you a lot of credit um that was very smart and creative connecting this list to using the the personifications of of the five basic emotions of joy sadness fear disgust and anger and connecting it to inside you just out. Gave away my list there. Thanks I'm a lot. I'm pretty sure at least the I'm sure the person that's listening has at least heard of Inside Out and knows that there are those five characters in there, uh, each representing an emotion. And I, I think you're right. I think it's it's disgust is a hard one to connect to a place like Walt Disney World. Maybe it's more um, when I when I heard that and again trying to. Um, connect your list to mine. I, I thought, you know, exasperation, um, yeah. you know, slight dissatisfaction, things like that. And that'll actually bring me to my first attraction, although it's not one that I look at that way, although I, you could feel that um, it's not anger. It's it's maybe disappointment in it. 
because when I went through this list, the very first thing that I put down, because it's what came to my mind, was an, an attraction that the first time I wrote it, the second time I wrote it, the few times, generated a, a, a visible measure, like clear emotional response from me. It was one of wonder. It was one that got me choked up. Uh, I actually recorded when I stepped off for the first time. I pulled out my recorder because I wanted to capture not just my reaction, but that of the people around me. So I'm connecting yours to mine because the the wonder, that emotional response that I get when I ride Flight of Passage, mm. I also feel the same amount of uh, disappointment disgruntlement, whatever you use, when I know that the line is still four hours long, right? And, and I can't just walk over there and hop on it whenever I would like to. But you want to talk about an attraction that that clearly, and, and, and I know I'm not the only one, generated a response in terms of not just what you see and what you feel and what you hear, but but this this feeling and this sensation of flight um and and even though that's that you suspend that disbelief that you're not on a living breathing animal you are meant to feel that way right i'm going to keep talking about the feet it's all about the feels at disney world and that's how it makes you feel you feel like you are you know on this beast and you are actually taking flight and there's no other attraction I ever rode that made me feel that same way. Um, I, there's another one that I would mention, but I won't just in case it's on your list. Um, but it gave me that same sensation, that same sense of of wonder. Can I mention it just in case it's on yours anyway? Well, I, I, I you, you, have, you can mention anything because I actually don't really have attractions per se on my list. Oh, so. perfect. Then yeah. fine. So <laughs> that same sensation – the first time I rode Soren, and mm. I and having no idea what to expect when I when the attraction first opened, you talk about immersion, you talk about sensation, you talk about that feeling of flight. There was something very special about that, and you feel the rumble of the deep bass of the music of that score that comes up, and you hear Soren to tower like. There's something still to this day about that that uh, generates a, a, a response in me, right? It's not just like – those are not just normal attractions because of the sensation that they give you. So that sense of wonderment, um, absolute Flight of Passage and Soren um, to a lesser degree very much are emotional attractions and experiences for me. Dang it! You're making me cry. Stop doing it. <laughs> now, yeah, I, it's. I'm so tempted to trash my list and just go down the path you went. But no, I'm no, gonna, no. Stick. No, with- I'm going to stick to my guns. But I will tell you, the flight of passage evokes a very different emotional response in me than it does you. Probably the opposite. Fear, screaming, no, not, not sadness, fear. No, anger. Anger. Disappointment. Yeah. Because? Because I have 
haven't been able to go on it yet. <laughs> Listen, not Tim, living, like recording a top guard. ten with like recording a top ten with you, flight of passage is worth the wait. Well, let me tell you, not living in the backyard of the haunted mansion like some people I know. I've only I've been there a few times since it opened, but uh, as uh, everybody's been there since it opened, surely knows. Fast passes are next to impossible to get, even when you, like I did, jump on your computer at 7000.1 in the morning of your <laughs> fast pass window. Nope. And no lie, when I was there, I, I don't know if they were fibbing or not, but I was hearing six hours for that. And, well, no, but Tim, uh, look, I'll, I'll tell you something because I think the wait, I think the high point of the wait times now is probably in you know the 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 mid two hundreds. We'll we'll add its highest. Minutes is max for me. I, I will tell you that it's worth. It is the queue and the experience. If you can't get a fast pass, is worth the wait. And I don't. I will not say that about any other attraction in Walt Disney World. Well, let's see. well what I'm hoping. Uh, is when uh, Star Wars and Toy Story and all this new wonderful thing uh, lands open up that uh, they'll start siphoning away some of these Pandora people so I can finally get on the ride. But I will say that I did get um, – I, I cannot wait for the experience of Flight of Passage and now that you've – I didn't need selling, but now that you sold me even more on it. But I have uh, been on the Navi River journey a couple times and <clears> – <throat> I remember the first – what was last year, I guess, when I went down and saw Pandora for the first time. And I was one of these people – I'm totally off my list now, by the way, just so you know. Uh, I was one of those people who was um, skeptical, fair word, when it was announced that uh, Avatar would be the new land um, for a bunch of reasons we won't go into and we probably talked about before. But when I saw Pandora – and saw the Navi River Journey, which I was able to ride a few times, which I absolutely, absolutely love, by the way. Um, I had probably not close to the same emotional response I will have with Flight of Passage, the way you describe it. But I did have a big emotional, wow, this is more beautiful than I ever imagined response to the attraction, as well as Pandora, especially after the sun went down, which was one of the first times I'd ever been to the Animal Kingdom at night. Tim, and let me let me quote the it, famous uh, philosophy group, um, Bachman-Turner <laughs> Overdrive, who said in 1974, baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right. All right. Well, I can't wait. Well, I, mean, I, I should finally get back to my list here, I guess. Please. <laughs> um. All right, so number two uh, on the list. It was a toss-up between these two, but I'm going to go with fear as the next emotion. Um, or should I go with anger? No, I'll go with fear. Because someone famous said uh, something goofy like fear leads to anger, anger leads to something or other. So I'm going to start with fear. And as you know, and as everybody knows, little teeny Foster is afraid of everything. So this is going to be pretty much every attraction in Walt Disney World. But I think the fear factor, haha, in uh, the emotional sense comes into play with the payoff afterwards. Um, and I'm talking about the fear that you have, whether you're 
skittish little sensitive me or burly hard as rocks, nothing can touch you, Lou Mangiello. <laughs> when you're on uh, Splash Mountain or Test Track or Space Mountain or Expedition Everest, the moment that you know the big drop is coming, the big speed loop is coming, and you have that sense, or in the Tower of Terror, that drop is about to come. You have that fear, and it's palpable. You can feel it in your stomach. You're you're shaking. You're, you know, you're you're nervous. You're shaking. Fear of what? What is it that you fear? Fear, fear of. Please lay down on the couch. T- tell me about your mother, and tell me what what the, what is this fear that you feel? I made my bed. I promise. <laughs> Uh, well, fear in this case means uh, obviously the fear of the thrill that is coming your way. Um, um, what I'm getting at is, uh, well, this, I'll stick with Splash Mountain to be literal about it. Like as you as you're climbing that long ascent up to the top and the vultures are there and it's everything's dark and the music is ominous. And you have that sense of fear welling up inside of you. And it varies from person to person. Some people take it in stride. Some people actually, honest to God, get scared, you know, especially little kids um, about what's coming ahead. And then you have that exhilarating drop down the falls. And what I'm, the emotional payoff to me then is when it's done and it's over and you look back and you go, ah, I did it. And all of a sudden everything is good and cheery and at at splash mountain that's brought to life right in front of you as you see um the zippity doodah boat in front of you and everyone's singing and everyone's happy um but it's the same with uh it would be the same with tower of terror if i ever went on it but if you go on the tower of terror or expedition everest anything that has that big thrill factor payoff hence why they're called thrill rides um it's that sense of fear, but then followed by that, I did it, and the rush, and um, that emotional pain. They, you don't just get by looking at it. You have to experience it. You have to experience that adrenaline flowing through. You have to experience their sweaty palms and the, you know, the shortness of breath, and then the, ah, oh, when you did it. And then you proudly wear the, I splashed down at Splash Mountain shirt or whatever you get, and you're, and you're proud of that moment. And one of the... I, I'm sure I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again, much to the chagrin of my daughter, who I'm going to make listen to this show. Um, when she first rode Space Mountain, she wanted to go, but she was scared. She was very nervous about what was to come. This is one of the first roller coasters she went on, and this one was in the dark, and this one was fast, and she had no idea what to expect. And she was sitting in front of me, and we went through – you know, we started up and went off and we're racing around and I'm trying to look around to see how she's doing. And she's seven or eight or uh, so at this time. I'm trying to see if she's okay. Are you crying? Are you screaming? How are you doing? She's not saying words. She's not making a sound. And we pull in to the uh, unloading area. We're done. She's still sitting there silent. And I look, I, are you okay? And I know she was petrified going in. All she does is turn around and she starts screaming. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And th- uh, that it was that emotional payoff. The I 
I was scared. I did it, but I conquered it. And you know what? I loved it. It was great. And I wanted to do it again. And I loved it partly because it was so scary, but it was fun. So that's when I was talking about fear in this sense, that's where I was kind of heading, like the fear of, uh, of, uh, of fall, uh, the fear of, uh, the big drop, the fear of the payoff at the end. But it was more that adrenaline, sweaty, uh, nervousness rush followed by that payoff that is pretty, can be pretty intense. So, so you know, I think I'm, I'm short of breath now. <laughs> you know, so as you were saying that, that makes me think that 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 feeling. Look, it, it's very much this, this feeling of, of fear and want is is go with me here. It's analogous. It, it's life is like a theme park, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, because when you choose what you want to ride, do you stay on the merry-go-round where it's simple and safe? Or do you ride the roller? Do you go on Space Mountain where it's in the dark and go for those thrills? And EO, look, it's dark and it's twists and turns and ups and downs, and you're not able to see what's coming next, right? And it makes your heart race. But like you said, when it's over, it's worth the ride, right? It's worth taking that kind of risk. So, not to get you know overly deep and, and waxing uh, <laughs> philosophical, but I but that's how I think. Like. And that's why I believe you need to you, – you, you try anything once, right? You, you do it for the experience. If you like it, you do it again. And if not, you can at least say that you've done it. Because um, when, when, when you said fear, you know, look, there are some amusement parks that I would have a legitimate fear that the, the bolts on that old wooden roller coaster are going to wow. come off and yeah. it's going to be like Final Destination 2 and I'm going to go flying – I don't ever have that fear. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you know. going fear for your life. Right. There's uh, no sort of fear but. in that, but it's that um, uh, that that thrill that you go for. Um, uh, and I will say when I was doing fear, that, that, that was kind of was the easy way to go with fear, so I went with it. Um, there are a couple of other aspects I thought of taking with that. Um, I won't go into it, but you can also talk about the fear of um, – uh, you know, scary horror movie kind of fear, like you know, Haunted Mansion and uh, Tower of Terror. Not the drop part, the 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 creepy cobwebby part. Um, the old, yeah. I mean, look, Alien Encounter was and a it, scary yeah. attraction. Yeah. Like that was a legit scary yeah. attraction for Walt Disney World. And the and the trepidation of going in and being put into an uncomfortable environment and so forth. Um, and then uh, something else I was gonna. Uh, there was a whole fear of disappointment thing I was going to go down, but I'm, I'm going to leave that alone because that, that'll come into play somewhere else. But okay. so, so this is another case where it fears kind of a bad emotion in a sense, but it can have a good payoff and turn into something good. So I, I'm going through my list in the way that they came to me um, as I started to think about this. And I thought about, and and it's not necessarily an emotion maybe per se, but there was this emotional reaction that certain attractions give me that evoke a sense of deep, meaningful sentiment, um, bringing back childhood memories, and I am going to try and go through this without actually crying. Um, oh, <laughs> But me too. I'm going to silence my. Uh, I um, 
you know, I think about attractions that make me feel a certain way. Peter Pan, assuming that the line is not three hours long in the middle of summer, when when I do get on that attraction, it makes me feel a certain way. There are, look, the Tomorrowland Speedway, I hope it stays forever because I have a, a, a very strong, <laughs> I have a very strong um memory of riding that attraction with my dad i can see this mental picture of us in 1976 with me in one arm my younger brother in his other arm our little red white and blue mickey mouse hats having just come off the tomorrowland speedway the monorail makes me feel that way i think about riding with my brother riding with my like in the front for hours um and so there's there's some of these attractions that give me a, a very uh, sentimental emotional response. N- look, American Adventure does that to me. I, I've seen that attraction a gabillion times. I don't go for the air conditioning and get out of the sun. I go, and as many times as I see that and I hear that music and I watch that final movie montage, I feel it. Like I'm pointing to my chest. Like I feel it right there. The, if you stay and you should stay for the kiss goodnight after happily ever after it's about 30 minutes that that when you wish upon a star and that near empty park and there's something about that that goodnight wish that hits me right there um and and I think when I think about the the, the these sentimental emotions like I think if you have kids or you're going to have kids or you go with people that have kids, the some of the most profound, memorable, emotional moments I've had, I've had not because of something that happened to me, but because of something that happened to specifically to my kids, sometimes even other kids, whether it's, you know, my daughter coming out of Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, um, the first time I watched her eat ice cream on Main Street, you know, different things with my son, watching them, especially children, experience what we now call this quote unquote magic, especially for the first time, um, seeing it through their eyes and experiencing it with them are some of the deepest, most memorable, emotional moments I've ever had in Walt Disney World. And if you are a parent or play one or an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or whatever it is and have gone with children of of varying ages, chances are you've seen and you felt that before. And I will take that experience, seeing that joy and wonder, I'm getting choked up again, that joy and wonder and amazement in a child's eyes, I'll take that uh, over, I'll, I'll take that over a snack any day. So you know that's meaningful for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm t- can we end right now? Because that was beautiful. I'm done. How could you possibly have anything more on your list after that? I do. You do. Listen, man. I told I, you. I really I am, cannot. I am a very, and I am totally comfortable with. Like I am a very emotional person so and i'm totally cool with sharing this among friends um because i don't think i'm the only one look man i go to the park sometimes and i'll go to magic kingdom and i'll watch the welcome show 
right? And I'm not facing the train station. I'm turning around and I'm watching guests. Why? Mm. Because I'm, I, and I see it over and, and I'm watching that big, hulking, muscular dude, like with his daughter in his arms, who's watching wide eyed and agape and tears are coming down his eye, like his face. That doesn't happen most other places. Maybe it happens when I go to the boathouse, but for a lot of other people, that doesn't happen in a lot of other places. And I think that's what makes it. Of course I did. But that's what makes this place special is it causes, in a good way, those kind of responses for people. I can't follow this. What am I supposed to do? I'm going to... What? What's so? You've done fear. You've done disgust. I've done fear and disgust. I, and I'm going to cheat because I really, really want to get to the good stuff. You're killing <laughs> me with all this. Um, so I, I'm going to cheat. Throw anger and sadness into one big, messy ball of emotional goodness here. Um, and I have again. These weren't as tough to to come up with what to talk about when these came up uh, discussed that was kind of hard but um because for me sadness and anger just just like the way i approached fear sadness and anger in disney attractions and more uh maybe more so in disney films and i'm going to talk about that um Sadness and anger are, are extremely powerful emotions, um, not just in of themselves, but just like fear, the emotional payoff of going through that moment of sadness or experiencing that moment of anger is super, super powerful. Um, and uh, when I first thought about anger, I was trying to think of uh, – whimsical examples of anger that you see in attractions uh, like Dr. Channing uh, sternly telling Figman that you were not to interfere with the tour and and finally saying, I've basically, I've had enough of you, get out and I'm leaving and uh, that sort of thing. Um, the And the anger of the Yeti who's kind of mad that you're in his backyard messing up stuff and, and the Carnotaurus who's just mad because I don't know. He stubbed his toe or something, but but he's evidently angry because he yells so loudly. But um, and even with sadness, I was trying to think. You know, I'm going to have a, a side bar on this in a little bit. Um, uh, but I'm going to get right to like with sadness. Uh, talking about movies, um, I'm talking about these like the scene from Up in the beginning. Where I, I dare nobody I, – if anybody has not cried at the beginning of that movie in the first 10 minutes, I, I will give you $1,000. There's no way no one has seen That's that That's the whole movie to me. The first 15 yeah. minutes of the movie is the movie for me. Right. Um, but there, it's, it's so emotional. Um, the scene in Toy Story 2 uh, – see, I, I, get, I, I can't get through this without choking up. Uh, when Jesse sings – uh, but I, I can't, I'm not even going to try to think of the song. I'm going to finish my thought here. But um, uh, even in the Seven Dwarfs, when uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, when when all seems lost, when the, the the dwarves think that Snow White is gone, um, uh, and and that's one that you could have seen in Snow White's Scary Adventures, as far as attraction goes. Um, 
what happened? Like you, you have the the sadness that's even, and even that, uh, and sometimes that sadness is stemming from the anger of another uh, character in the attraction or the film, like Anton Ego and Ratatouille, which, uh, for some reason, I still can't pin down why this is. I lose it and I cry like a tiny little baby when he takes that bite or attitude and goes back to his childhood and his mom giving him that hot plate of his childhood ratatouille after he skinned his knee or fell off his bike or whatever i I don't know why that gets to me so much but it does um um and i I think that's a lot in in that case this is a character who's outside he's hard he's angry he's mean you don't think there's anything in there and no, there there is that soft side, that sensitive side, that I'm a real person side, and um and it's that payoff from the sadness or the anger of getting through. It's hard to say it's a payoff, but it could, but you, it's such an emotional um, roller coaster going through those and 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 outwardly crying. Or uh, you know, outwardly f- uh, really feeling empathy for the characters you're seeing, and you can see that in yourself. Maybe some experience in your life that get really connects to you because it um, resonates with something that happened to you, or whatever the reason is. But um, that's when uh, second place, which and I'll get to first place. Second place on what gets me the most emotional. Um, about Disney, and again, I say this. This more goes to the films than the attraction so much, but that that big emotional payoff of that journey from sadness and anger and hurt to, you know, the quote unquote happy ending, as it were. So I can't I can't talk anymore, Lou. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, I I thought of sadness because obviously I had to. You know, bring in some derivation of um, of the opposite of joy, whether it was um, you know sadness or sorrow. And the only thing I could really think of is, as a guest, those moments of sadness come when you have to start packing to go home, <laughs> and when the tragical yeah. when tragical express shows up at your resort, and you know that it's sort <laughs> of right. over. Um, I, I think that's sort of the sad moment. Um, cause I think even when, you know, it's the final time you're walking out of magic kingdom until your next visit and you turn and get that one last glance at the castle, you know, you're going to be back. You know that there's still a little bit of time left, but it's that realization of having to walk out of your hotel room for the last time, which is why I moved down here. I just didn't like the way that made me feel. So I, I, I obviated that, uh, <laughs> by just picking up my family and moving here. Well, I got a transport some people down but i will bring them down with me because i want that to happen too i I actually while i'm on this since i doubled up on mine because i'm gonna i'll continue to harp on this because by gosh with the next one we're gonna get the handkerchiefs out because we're gonna be crying all over the place but um with with sadness i had actually with all the the negative aspect of the emotion discussion we're talking about there's kind of the big elephant not dumbo in the room of um Actual disappointment and actual sadness, and I, I wasn't sure how to really approach this because I'm not a I, I don't like I love Disney I don't I don't I trust in what they do, um, but uh, there are attractions that have come and gone, and 
we've all had those that were very special to us, and we've been sad and disappointed to see them go or change into not the one we remembered. Um, and it's a it, yeah, it's a tough one to to talk about because I know it, it is disappointing when an attraction that you like closes, but it's always coupled with the hope and the promise and pretty much all the time the eventual realization that something new is coming and uh it's probably going to be great and it could very well be your next favorite moment in Walt Disney World it might not but it could be but I mean, we've talked about this a lot too that uh, the evolution of attractions and parks and things and how they can bring out that um that's that sadness and that disappointment. But if you approach it the right way, that you look at it with the hope of progress and very famous man once believed in that. Um, it, 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 it's a tough, it's emotion. We definitely go through when things close. I, I know you've got stitch posters up on your wall and they're <laughs> counting that you have a little shrine going for it. And I, I know you're never going to get over it, but um, you know, but but their attractions we we I like I miss the the old Spaceship Earth. I miss the old Journey into Imagination. Although you're kind of teasing, I guess I, it's coming back or something. You know more than I do. Whatever the rumor mill says, but um, Horizons, uh, things like that. And for you, uh, I know you, you you've talked so much over the years about um your experiences with. Uh, your family and your father and your children and your, at uh, Magic Kingdom and the stores that have long gone that I don't even remember because I never, you know, I wasn't there in the early, early years when you were. But I, I can hear that in your voice when you talk about those shops and experiences and even attractions that have come and gone but have left that mark on you that's never going to go away. And so I, I, I get it's a it's sentimentality like we talked about in that last show we did. But it's um, it, that mixture of sadness, but that remembrance of how important it was to you and what it did mean to you. Just beyond just the attraction in the stores, what it meant to you and your your family or your father, your mother, your your kids whatever it is yeah, so. right there there's there's this look it's not obviously an emotion but there is something that we feel when these sensations of nostalgia hit us look main street usa uh, i have a connection to this nostalgic um feeling that it gives me when i get there because i think of going with my family i think of the changes over the years i think of experiencing it with my kids Right? At the same way that there are attractions that ha I feel qualify as an emotional attraction because it makes me become very pensive, very thoughtful. It makes me reflective. Carousel of Progress makes me feel mm. that I have an emotional response because I don't just think of Walt, but I think of the passage of time as I get older and, you know, the things that are, you know, that, that – that are classic now are funny to a new generation. So I think about my own sort of life as, as my own carousel of, of, of um, 
progress continues to grow. Look, I, I think American Adventure, like I said before, it, it's it's a very thoughtful, very reflective one. It has nothing to do with politics, but it makes me feel a certain way. The same way that some attractions and experiences give me, and it and it probably wouldn't qualify under Darwin or Aristotle's definition, maybe in terms of, of you know, a reflection, but there are some attractions, Tim, that or experiences that give me a feeling and emotion of just contentment and satisfaction. So, for example, when I think about that, like the Haunted Mansion is arguably the perfect attraction. It hasn't changed in 40-some-odd years because it doesn't need to, because it has all those requisite elements. The music of Walt Disney World. And look, in 13 years of doing this show, I've never repeated a topic. We are going to revisit the music of Walt Disney World again, but whether it's the Main Street USA background loop, right? It, some of my favorite songs, the music of Illumination, that feeling that you get when you hear the theme from Soaring as it rumbles through you as you're sitting in your seat, you know, those things elicit Maybe a, a, an emotion that's not necessarily quantifiable, but it de- it generates a, a feeling, um, and it, it's something that you know it's hard to necessarily define, but it's absolutely something that is um, that's definitely palpable. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't your next one. <laughs> I, I mean that that wasn't really anything that was on the list. It just was sort of something that that. Oh. Um, that hit me but uh, so let me ask you this is the last one on your list and the one that i've saved on my list is joy that final emotion so (laughs) and it's funny because i think we're kind of beaten or circling around this one absolutely of course that's why we go man we go because we want to feel that sense of of happiness and joy so go first i'll chime (laughs) in or or piggyback on you as well because well, this is, you know, shared. this is the best one. That's, that's part of the thing. And I know, actually, when you were talking before and I was talking, I realized we are kind of perilously veering into repeating the a lot of stuff we talked about in the nostalgia show we did. Because that is what a lot of this is about. But, uh, yeah, let, I, I, all the bad emotions are gone. Now let's talk about pure joy and happiness. And, you know what, it's still going to make me cry. I, I think we everything we said is leading up to this that that moment uh when you're at Disney or in the movies but we'll stick to being at Disney when you you have that sense of joy of happiness of magic shall we say and uh, I don't even know how to say it. I feel like we've we've pretty much covered this pretty well but I I think it's it's all the stuff you said. The most like the most joyous times are the most the ones that bring out the emotions in you the most. Um, and a lot of those emotions involve sentiment, sentimental um, memories, uh, sharing moments. I think that's to me that's the biggest moment of joy that I get when I'm at Disney when I'm able to share. Not it's not just me seeing the dream lights of the castle light up. And that's pretty emotional to see that by yourself. But multiply that by 10 million, 
when you're with your loved ones, especially when they see it for the first time. And you see the look in their eyes as they see it for the first time. And I had the very special privilege of experience that the first time I saw the dream lights years ago was I was down there by my lonesome little self. Although you, you kept me company, so I'll, I'll give you points for that. But, um, but I saw them by my, and they were, and they were amazing and they were outstanding. And, uh, this goes for the whole Christmas season at Disney, but seeing their castle light up like that and just, uh, vision you, you you can't describe and you couldn't even imagine in your wildest dreams whether what that would look like until you see it was nothing compared to the year or the next year later when I brought my family down and we all were there for Christmas and the castle was lit up and I led them around the corner of town square and main street and I, per- I made sure they didn't fall but I made sure close your eyes I want you to I want to see look on your face when you see this. And they did and I saw that 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 amazement that wonder that awe in their face and that was the emotional payoff to me. And it's it's not just Christmas, it's um the, the first time you share an attraction together or sharing a viewing of for me illuminations which my family and I have seen hundreds of times. But every time, it's special. And it's special because of the show, because of the song, because of the music and the meaning behind the words. But it's more special, doubly, triply, hundredly more special when you're sharing it with someone. um, And this even includes friends. I remember uh, when we were down, um, in the years when we were all be down there hanging out as a group. And singing, uh, you know, swaying arm in arm and singing illuminations and well, forget about the time I yelled at you about being too loud <laughs> while I was watching it. But, um, <clears throat> but it, <laughs> but it's that it's that emotional payoff, and it's uh, and it's also like you said, seeing it even in a stranger's eye, seeing a seeing a look on a child's face when they see. Uh, a character when they see Mickey Mouse at Chef Mickey's for the first time and you can see that <gasps> Wonder Man, you hear that gasp on their face or um, you see their look on their face as Tinkerbell flies down from the castle or or something goes on. Something that you've seen so many times almost to the point where you take it for granted but um, when you see that look on someone else's face, especially someone you love, that's an emotional payoff. And there's a there, this list of what those moments are is so big. That's 20, 30, 40 shows in of itself. So I'm not going to go pounding through each one I can think of other than the ones I mentioned. But And they're so incredibly subjective too. Look, everybody, as we talk yeah. about these things, uh, my hope, my expectation is that the person who's listening is saying, I get that, but my moment is here. My yeah. thing, make that the thing that makes me feel that way is this, because I think we all have them but what I love about this is nobody's lists are going to be the same because they are so incredibly subjective. Well, that's that's that is the fun part. And I was trying to think and I was going to ask you um, for uh, whether it's a family member 
or like in my case, my daughter or, or somebody like uh, an emotional response. That's a cold way of putting it. That that time when you saw that look in their face and you know that, that there is an attraction or a moment or something at the parks that means something to them deep, deep inside, like uh, the, the, the things you talked about mean to you. To us that might not – we might – not that we don't get it, but they don't evoke that same emotion of us. But we see it in them and they have that connection. And I was going to ask if you knew – uh, you know, an example of somebody you knew that has, you know, they they tear up when they see figment, or or something, you know, which um, and they do it because to them it's it's a special moment. It might have been their first trip. It might have been their birthday, their their anniversary, their first time they fell in love, the first time they kissed their sweetheart under the fireworks. I don't know what it is. The first everyone, time they went to Food and Wine Festival. I get it, the, man. I feel what you're throwing I, down out there. See, like, I feel yeah, you. But I'm curious, like, what, uh, I, you know what, I'm going to, Lou, I hate to do this to you, but we want to hear from you, the listeners. No, I know you're <laughs> going to say that later, but, but I am curious, like, everybody... Shirley has their very own, this is my emotional moment. And a lot of ours will be the same, but a lot of them are going to be different. And they're going to all be different for very personal reasons. Not the way to know what the reasons are. I need to know what the reasons are from uh, you know, my daughter, my friends, or whoever that goes down there. But it is, it's, it's curious, and it's, it's nice to hear other people's uh, – their memories and their special moments, especially when they're not the same as yours. And, and kind of a way, it's a way to relive when you had your special moments because now you're seeing them. Oh, that meant that much to you. I didn't, I didn't. Wow. I mean, that's a great story. Right. So many of them are unique, but they're also relatable. Look, just look on social media, go look through Facebook Social and, what? And see, it, it's prodigy.com. It's fine. You'll bullet, CompuServe. Listen. Oh, okay. When you see how, it, and, and for me, for a long time, it used to be, and it's still for people, so I get it, when you pull onto property and you see the archway on World Drive, everybody's posted the same, I'm home. Mm-hmm. We're home. Yeah. Like this, right? And that, <clears throat> and I think that the, the deliberate use of the word home is incredibly uh, um, important because it's not like oh look we're finally here we've reached our destination no 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 like Chewy we're home this is where I'm happiest <laughs> this is where because look for Tim for a lot of people that's what this place is as good or bad as a home life or whatever it is when you come here this is where some of our most profound and happiest memories really are. So I don't necessarily get that experience as much anymore, but I'll tell you, and I get this question like during interviews all the time, people are like, oh, well, you live in Disney, you talk about Disney, does it still you know, have an impact? I will tell you that, and it's because I don't go every day, I still get that sensation when I see the boat, no, when I see the castle, <laughs> right, because that reveal of the castle is so well calculated that is incredibly deliberate in terms of the placement of the the entrance into the train and having to sort of make mm-hmm. that turn and getting that reveal as you go around the confectionery it it works man, and it still it still hits me it still hits me when I hear cast members say to me or say to somebody else, "Welcome home." Mm. Again, very deliberate use 
of those terms, it's not welcome to Walt Disney World, welcome to Magic Kingdom, because that's the feeling that this place gives us. So my 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 emotions of this happiness and pure unadulterated joy, yes, I can point to moments and attractions. I can point to moments with my family, with my kids, for me personally, but I, I sort of thought about it on a more general sense. And from a personal perspective, I, I will tell you that as I thought about these things over the years that have given me this this joyous response, I will tell you that one of the strongest feelings of joy that I have felt over the years, and and by joy I mean um, happiness and pride and like a, an absolute welling up of my personal emotions um, has only happened over the past few years. And believe it or not, it's over Marathon Weekend because hmm. when I'm there, obviously not running, but when I'm there at the corrals or I'm there on the course – and I'm seeing runners who are accomplishing their goals, even if their goal was just to line up and lace up and get to the starting line, that that satisfaction of crossing the starting line means so much to them. Those you know, sweaty hugs that we joke about on the course bring me incredible, maybe a little bit of disgust if it's really hot, but mostly okay. an incredible sense of joy, right? Yeah. And to see our team come together from countries around the world, like 600 plus strong, like there is strength and, and joy in those numbers. And there are tears of, uh, of accomplishment that I see, um, you know, the Make-A-Wish families that we have not just impacted with more than a quarter of a million dollars raised, but that we get to meet on race weekend. Like you can see, you want to talk about bringing joy to people, meet, Talk to a Make-A-Wish family, especially if it's one that you have helped get there. Um, you know, I've spoken at and, and to Make-A-Wish conferences, and I and I see and I understand the the difference that that makes. And I will tell you that there is no it's it's a it's Sorry. it's a feeling that I've never felt before, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the thing that, like you said about this list is. There are so many of these feelings that are personal. Look, I I talked about my daughter on Main Street. I will tell you that I haven't gone in a long time, but the next time I go see Finding Nemo the musical, I am going to be a blubbering idiot because I'm going to get choked up. My son was really young, and he wanted that CD played to him every single night for ages when he was a baby. And when I when I went to Disney World after that, I, I outwardly wept, like for yeah. no other reason than that music means something. Like the joy that it brought to me. The same way I think about, you know, my daughter's reaction when she saw characters the first time. But I, I will tell you, and I and I deliberately wanted to come full circle to save this for last because I know I I said at the beginning we talked I, I I talked about the what's and the how's and the why. And I said, the, the why do we get emotional? And I would answer that question and I, and I want to do it because I figured out why we do. Mm. Look, 
there is something special about this place. I believe it in my heart of hearts. And it's because of the people that populate it. The cast members are the reason, without a doubt. And there's a, a secondary and a tertiary effect to what they do. Look, every cast member has a single role. Lee Cockrell will tell you this. I, I actually had lunch with him today. We talked about this. Every cast member's role is singular. Their job is to do one thing, make people happy. However it is that they actually effectuate that and whatever their role is, that's fine. But that has a, a domino effect from the cast members to the guests and I think from the guests to each other. People are genuinely nicer here. We are nicer and kinder to each other here. And, you know, I, I've talked and, and I present a lot about um, uh, customer service and Disney cast members and the, the emotional labor that they do and this sort of this emotional regulation of their of their emotions to fulfill the sort of occupational standards um you know this go with me i was a theater major when i first started school and there's a difference between sort of deep acting and surface acting um it's a stanislavski thing you know the the cast members don't just sort of surface act they they deep act. They they authentically feel um, the way that they reflect and they project out onto other guests. So that helpfulness and that kindness and that happiness that they exude is contagious, right? And and look, the reason why we go and we go back and we move here and we're DVC members and we're annual pass holders and all these other things is, you know that. They're sort of like the 170 rule, right? It takes only one negative experience to potentially counteract counteract 70 positive ones. So Disney does an amazing job of hiring people that are not great actors in a role who can act happy. They, They hire positive people, right? It makes that emotional regulation a lot easier because they have this mindset of 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 customer love of sort of loving on the guest, right? They hire for attitude. They train for success. You know, it's not a matter of what the credentials that they come in with are. It's how they feel is more important than how they think. If that makes, if that makes sense, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. important to sort of grow that, that customer love and that customer loyalty. And that's why we feel the way we do. And I think again, it, it comes full circle back to and because of and thanks to the cast members. Look, the the Walt quote, you can design and build the greatest place in the world, but it takes people to make the dream a reality. It takes people to make us feel the way that we do because without them, these would just be rides the way we talked about at the very beginning. They would just be, you know, these this this environment that we walk through. It's because of the cast members that create the attractions that populate the parks that that help us throughout the time that make us and allow us to be comfortable feeling the way that we do you got me <laughs> that's it that's all you got after all that you just give me you got me well i thought of <laughs> I, I thought of so many things i could say but how could but i you don't want to hurt my feelings <laughs> but you no, think i'm a crazy person you, but... you just think i'm a crazy person <clears throat> Well, let's see. I, I was reflecting on you see, you've been a 
lawyer, a sociology major, a theater major, a DJ, I know. Um, <laughs> what haven't you done? Someday, now, I, Tim, I, I'm going to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. That You know what? All right. Right there. That's what – I feel like we're repeating a lot of the stuff we've done in other shows because this, this, this is the emotional payoff I think for a lot – for most people, older people, not your two-year-old son who doesn't know any better. But um, that's a lot of what I get like from Disney through the cast members, through the experiences, everything that's put forth. The one thing I repeat to people often when they ask me why um, – what do you get out of it? What's so magical about it? What's so gr- what's so great about it? And we kind of touched on this too in the nostalgic naivete show we did before. But the whole concept of when you go to Disney and and immerse yourself in the whole experience, which, as you said, is it's not it's it is the resource. It's the beauty of your surroundings. It's the attention to detail. It's the attractions. And the people, most of all, like you said. Um, but it's that moment when you can escape. And we've, we've said this so many times. When you can not even escape from the real world so much, but when you can be that naive, innocent child. Not not even child, but um, when you can believe that the world is good, when to, to put it in a corny way, you can believe wishes come true. And y- you know the real world is there and you know there's all all these things are waiting for you when you get home and your family has this going on and that going on and everything else. But the magic that I always take away from Disney is that just just for a moment, just for that time that you can immerse yourself in it. And this goes to even watching the films and, and that sort of thing is um, that – you can be innocent again and you can believe in dreams and let your imag- know that your imagination can take you anywhere. And, and it can do that for your children. It can do that for your family and your friends and, um, and everything is good. And look, you know, and one of the, what, and, and I think, I think you're right because one of the things that we don't feel, one of the emotions we don't experience there is a sense of, of of ennui, right? It, it because of how this place makes me feel. Look, that's why tens of millions of people don't just go, but they go back and they mm-hmm. they <clears throat> encourage other people to go. I, I say that the best marketing, you know, Disney does is not the marketing Disney does. It's the marketing that we do because we tell other people about what a wonderful time. Look, that's why I do this show. That's why I started doing the show and things because I loved it so much. I wanted to share my experiences with other people. I want to turn people on to things that will make them happy about going to this place. Maybe things they've never experienced before. Menu items at the boathouse that they haven't tried before because we don't feel that, right? We don't. I haven't tried any, Lou. Ay, Dios mio. We have to correct so many things when you get down here. Um, but I, I think you're right. I th- look, and I... and. While they're, we said before, while they are incredibly subjective, I think all these things are probably relatable because we all have that that moment, that emotional moment at Walt Disney World that just sort of gets you right in the feels. And that's what I want to know from you, the listener. What is or what are that? What is that emotional moment in Walt Disney World 
that just gets you, that hits you with that sense of satisfaction, of joy, of nostalgia, of wonder, whatever it is, but that thing that you can think about or look forward to because you know it is going to elicit that type of emotional response to you. I want to hear from you in whatever way. Look, the best way I'd like to hear from you is I want to hear the passion in your voice. I want you to call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Tell me what that moment or those emotional moments are for you. You can go to the WW Radio group on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash community. Leave a comment there, or you can even email me, tweet me, Facebook me, whatever way it is that you want to share. I would love to see it. And uh, and if you like, I can share it on the show as well. Uh, one of the emotional joys, the happiness, the positivity, the love that I feel, right? I think, you know, Aristotle sort of talked about love being that that strongest of emotions. One of the reasons why I love Timmy Foster is not just because of what he does here, but what he does on Celebrations Magazine and some of the amazing things that he has coming down the pike as well. I'm, I just I just set you up with that, the softball right wow. there. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Lou, inspired by this show, which I love to death. Um, now, I, I actually over at CelebrationsPress.com, which I invite everybody to come visit. I'm See, I'm very much tempted now to put up a blog, 10 most emotional things that I can do at Walt Disney World. Um, of course – We'd love to hear from you, too, and write us a letter and send us a picture of something that we could even include in the magazine. But uh, I am thrilled to announce that we do have a new book coming out. Yippee! Um, And this directly inspired by this show. This is a book of lists. Nothing but lists. Disney lists. Everything you wanted to know about. What's the tallest attraction? What's the fastest one? What's 10 things you didn't know about Space Mountain? What are the things you didn't know about Mickey Mouse? What are the scariest attractions in Walt Disney World? I've got not all of it because I have to leave some for volume two. But uh, we have a new book called 112 Lists. It's going to come out in uh, late spring, but we have it on pre-sale now at a discount. So I invite you to come over to celebrationspress.com. You'll find it. I'm not even so sure if I gave you a clickable ad for your newsletter, Lou. I hope I did. <laughs> but I surely good. will. So <laughs> if you don't – not from celebrations, you can see it there. Um, but um, I invite you to come over and check it out. As I said, it's called 112 List, but I have this funny feeling it's going to turn into 113 because I have a really, really strong urge to write my 10 – most emotionally powerful experiences <laughs> Walt Disney World list and include it in this list. And to be fair, there's probably be more than 112. I'm not going to bother to count them, but there'll be at least that many. So, uh, so we, why don't you just call it at least 112? <laughs> at least 112 Disney lists. So again, that's coming out uh, in a month or two at the most, but uh, you can pre-order your copy now. Um, and we have all of the wonderful good things that we've always had magazine of course our new issue is just coming out or came out a few weeks ago flower garden spring is here even though hey lou it snowed today up here i know you're <laughs> missing it and i know you're you're listen i was part of the people hard 
at right, Publix nice. hoarding milk today, it was like 67 degrees. So uh, it's oh like no. a snowpocalypse. I had oh. to wear long pants. Hey, I wore shorts to work today and it was 32 <laughs> degrees and I still get laughed at. See, that's a kid. That kid heart in me still wears shorts to work, mostly because I'm allowed to and they let me. But um, but it's cool. But uh, we have the, the magazine is there. Uh, for new subscribers, uh, we're going to have a Tomorrowland 12-page giveaway book that we're going to include free with your first issue. Um, the the uh, one coming out another month or so. And as always, we have our Christmas books. Halloween books, Disney After Dark books, all that good stuff. So come on by and see what you like and share some thoughts with us because we'd really love to hear from you too. So. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on there at, uh, at, at celebrationspress.com. Yeah, and I, I just won uh, uh, Breath of the Wild Zelda. For those who know about such things, they'll be right now jaws on the ground shocked and duly impressed. So I had that going on too, but that's not really germane to this conversation. Well, I will tell you that that um, that not so shameless plug brought me through an entire range of emotional experiences as well. Um, most of them were all good, you know. But um, we will. We, I will put a link, obviously, to Celebrations Press in the uh, in the show notes. Tim, one of the things about these lists is our there are always more top ten lists to come. If you listeners. Yes. Have an idea for a top 10 that you would like us to cover on the show. You can email me, Lou, at www.radio.com. Again, message me on Facebook or post it in the WW Radio Box People group on Facebook. Uh, Timmy Foster, next time you come down, I promise I will take you. I will try my best to take you through all of the good emotional experiences uh-huh. at Walt Disney World. And I'm going to add hunger to that list as well. That's the most... That's the oh. most. That's the most important yeah. one. Surprise and trust and anticipation and and kindness and love and and hunger. I can't wait to, for my new, next ten magical moments that will always tear me up at Disney when I remember the first time that Lou took me to fill in the blank. I just am excited that I got to Lou's. use the word ennui on the show. Uh, which is, so. I actually, I had to look that up when you said that because top I, 10 SAT words that I get to pull out on the show. Ennui is one that I, that I don't think I've used in 13 you're, years. You're throwing around some serious knowledge there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome stuff, Timmy Foster. Uh, the happiness and the joy that you bring me with your friendship and support and our lists um, is one of the things that I love about what I get to do and uh, what we get to do together. See, I wasn't going to put that on the list, but right there with you. There's a lot of love in this room, brother. That's right. <laughs> Most of it's for food, but there's still Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear or what you remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week, we were talking about the Muppets to a Muppet. So, of course, the question had to be about the Muppets, specifically Muppet Vision 3D in Disney's Hollywood Studios. We've all seen it countless times. We know the scripts and the cues and what is most likely going to happen when. But I wanted to see just how close you really were paying attention to what you heard, because your question was pretty straightforward and simple, which was, who is the first Muppet character to speak once you leave the pre-show and enter the theater. I want to start off by thanking all of you who entered. I am continually overwhelmed by the number of entries that we get each week. Whether you got the answer right or not, some of you, were again, were very creative in your responses, but most of you got this one correct and knew that the answer was Statler. He says, hey, Waldorf, what are we going to see in here anyway? It's one of those 3D movies. Put on your glasses, Statler. Again, I took all the correct... I was the worst Statler and Waldorf impression. Not that it was meant to be an impression, but... I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, you were playing for my 102 ways to save money for and at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, still all on sale for just $10 each, or you can find them both in Amazon and in iTunes, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, a bunch of WW Radio stickers, a pop socket and stand for your phone, and a new prize I started throwing in is a shirt that I will randomly select from our WW Radio collection. If you go to www.radio.com slash shirts, you'll not only find a wide variety of WW Radio logo gear and merchandise, but there's tons of Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, 80s video games, nerd culture stuff. Again, and again, you can find them all at www.radio.com slash shirts. But last week's winner, randomly selected, is Danny Adams. So, Danny, congrats. That's Danny with an I. Danny, congratulations. You, uh, you, because you use the form, I have your address. I have your shirt size. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So last week, talking about the Muppets brought me back to my childhood, and that is obviously a childhood which I still haven't left or grown out of, but I digress. Look, I love the Muppets, I love video games, and again, I don't get out much, so let's turn back the clock. I didn't date much, obviously, either, um, (laughs) to a time when you used to be able to go to the mall. Kids, malls were these big places that had lots of stores in it. You used to be able to go to the mall for hours and spend a few dollars and quarters Oh, how I remember Woodbridge Center Mall on Route 1 in New Jersey and spending so much time in the old Spaceport Arcade. Anyway, I still like it. I still dig video games, although I don't have very much time to play it. And Walt Disney World actually has some really good arcades on property. And that's what your question is about this week. It took me a long time to get there, but trust me, there was a payoff at the end. So I want you to tell me, what is the name of the arcade at Disney's Art of Animation Resort? That's it. You have until Sunday, March 25th to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online entry form there, and again, you're going to play for the book, the audio tours, the Magic Band cover, the stickers, the pop socket and stand, and a shirt from the WW Radio collection. So good luck and have fun. That 
That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please be part of the community and conversation by going to www.radio.com slash community and joining our Facebook group. You can connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. I'd love to hear from you there or anywhere. You can email me, lou at www.radio.com. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can call the voicemail. I'll be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. Of course, I still believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. The next one is going to be this Saturday, March 24th at 11 a.m. at Port Orleans French Quarter at the Sasagula Float Works and Food Factory because beignets. It's from 11 a.m. to 12.30. Come alone. Bring the entire family to find out more. And RSVP, let me know that you're coming. Visit the WDW Radio page at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. There's also other upcoming events. Meet to the month. Our Alaska cruise is coming up. We've got other special events that I'm just getting ready to announce. And I also do other meetups as I travel on the road to speak at events and conferences. If I can help speak to your school, your event, to your group, your business, visit loumangelo.com and I'd love to help you turn what you love into what you do either with some one-on-one or small group coaching and now I have two events that you can come to in Walt Disney World this year the first is my new Momentum Weekend Retreat from Friday, June 1st through Sunday, June 3rd. It's a weekend-long, small mastermind event with limited to just 10 people who want to turn what they love into what they do we get together for this three-day retreat in a luxury vacation home Everything is taken care of, your room, your meals, and all materials as well. To find out more, visit loumangelo.com slash retreat. We only have one spot left. And my Momentum Weekend Workshop is back in Walt Disney World this October 6th through the 8th. This is an opportunity for you if you want to turn your passion into your profession in a very small, intimate, results-oriented practical and tactical weekend workshop in Walt Disney World with an optional mastermind day right after. That event is almost 40% sold out. There's only three spots left for our Tuesday mastermind. You can find out more by visiting loumangelo.com slash momentum or feel free to email me if you have any questions I can answer for you. Thanks as always to the amazing members of the WW Radio Nation family. If you want to not only help the show but get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group, personalized magic band cover, logo gears, care packages from Walt Disney World, live video group calls, and more. You can visit www.radio.com slash support. Don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. I want to thank some longtime friends and platinum members like Michael Kell, Thomas Zukas, Bob Ostrowski, Eric Covino, Smith Getterman, and Sue Passauer. Again, to find out more and be part of the nation, visit www.radio.com slash support. Speaking of support, I could not do this without the love and the support and the friendship of Becky Mankin and the entire team over at Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're going to World, Land, Adventures by Disney, or anywhere on the planet, they will give you an amazing level of service, which is the most important thing. The best possible prices, all at no cost to you. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask, if you could just do one thing for me, please help spread the word. Let others know about the show. Invite more people and your friends to be part of this community. And if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. And thanks to you, we have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Jeff Kempster, who says, It's the best podcast. It's the greatest show. It offers so much information on Disney World and Disneyland. Anybody interested in Disney or planning a trip should just absolutely listen. 
Don't forget to listen to the older episodes. Good advice, Jeff. They are just as valuable as the current ones. J Money He says he's a new and or she is a new and dedicated listener. I looked for a Disney podcast on a whim of curiosity. I was more than pleased with a WW radio show. Immediately, I saw all the offerings, including interviews of Disney legends, food reviews, intriguing trivia, event recaps, history of the different parks and rides, and much more. I cannot get enough. I highly recommend this podcast to fill your Disney needs when you can't be in the parks. Lose a perfect audio tour guide for all things Disney, and I look forward to my first handshake and hug. Jonathan from Houston. Jonathan, thank thank you, Jay Money. And Lou Knows His Stuff says, Tony Danza Today says, period. This guy is the definitive Disney expert. Well, Tony, Jonathan, and Jeff, thanks to you and all of you who have rated and reviewed the show. To leave a review, just search for WW Radio in iTunes or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. It'll show you exactly how and where to do it. And finally, and once again, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to listen. I know how valuable it is to you, and I am so grateful to and for you for doing that. And if there's anything that I can do, to help repay that to you and to help you in any way, please let me do it because of the, 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 the amount of happiness that you give me by allowing me to share this means more than you know. And the key to that, right, the key to happiness or success or whatever it is that you're searching for, however you define what success or happiness is, is to just start, right? Start before you're ready. Whatever that thing is that you want to do, just start, keep moving forward, Have faith in you and who and where you want to be. And as a wise man once said, always keep moving forward. I hope that this is your best week ever. I mean that. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's James from calling from the UK. I'll I'll keep this brief because it's probably costing me a fortune. Um, I was just listening to episode 512, uh, uh, your listener email episode, and was amazed to hear that you didn't link Ray the Firefly to your Princess Tiana uh, restaurant idea. Um, I'm thinking there's probably some drones that aren't being used in Disney Springs anymore that would make a great uh, waterside show. So you can have that idea for free. Write it down, send it in. Maybe they'll offer you a job. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Todd from the Disneyland Railroad here in California. We're staying at the Grand California during uh, spring break time. First time over to Disneyland. PDC uh, members. Uh, but, hey, hope everything is going good for you, and thanks for everything you do. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is David Dossi, and uh, we spoke yesterday at the WDW Radio Meet of the Month about Black Panther. Uh, so I thought I would uh, just give you my thoughts on this. Um, uh, well, first of all, that was a great tip that you gave my mother and I about watching it in uh, Theater One at the AMC Theater. Um, uh, it was a really great experience uh, with the Dolby surround sound speakers and uh, the reclining leather chairs, and ultimately just made for a, a really fun movie experience. Um, but I really enjoyed the movie itself. Uh, I thought it had a great acting. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Michael B. Jordan's performance as Killmonger. Uh, I thought he was an intimidating villain, which isn't something that you can say very often about Marvel villains. Um, and I thought that the, the action sequences were great as well. Uh, uh, it was really entertaining, um, especially some of the scenes in the, like in the club in North Korea. I, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, 
but um, and I also thought that the, the the amount of humor was really good, so it didn't feel it was spread out enough, so it didn't feel oversaturated like like Thor Ragnarok did. Um, but it had the, just the perfect amount of humor, I thought. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I thought. And regarding the the question you asked uh, uh, the other day on the live show about whether or not uh, I'd like to see a Wakandan theme land come to Animal Kingdom. After seeing this, I'm not sure if I'd like to see a Wakandan land in Animal Kingdom, just because there's already Africa and there's already Pandora as well. But I think if, if Disney chose to expand and make a fifth gate uh, that was maybe based entirely on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then I think that would be the perfect place for a Wakandan land um, because the land itself was just really beautiful um, to watch uh, on the big screen. So, um, yeah, that's all. Overall, it was a great time, and Wakanda forever. Thanks, Lou. Hi, Lou. This is Ron from Kentucky. I'm calling to share a story uh, about a cast member. I just listened to your uh, top ten cast member podcast from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is something that was told to me secondhand. A friend of mine took his daughter for the first time. She was about three, she's about three or four years old for the first time to Walt Disney World, and she was a big Jesse fan or is a big Jesse fan. She carried a Jesse doll with her to the Magic Kingdom, and unfortunately, they found out that Jesse was not available for meet and greets. So there was a little bit of disappointment that they wouldn't be able to do a meet and greet with Jesse. Well, they came into the Magic Kingdom their very first day, and they had a uh, there's a, a dance party that goes through Magic Kingdom, and on one of the floats that came through the, the dance party was Jesse. The little girl was standing there with her Jesse doll. Jesse pointed at her, waved at her, said, "Hi, you know, I see you. You have a Jesse doll." And a couple of feet further down the street. About seconds later, the float stopped, and it was time for everybody to get off and dance. The Jesse character came back, grabbed the little girl, or took the little girl by the hand, walked back into the street, and for the next 12, her, his one and only daughter got to dance and share time with Jesse, and she eventually got an autograph as well. And from what I, he said when he told me, he said, that is what hooked him to Disney. He was a little, uh, a little um, unsure when he first went, but that is what he told me personally that Disney, everybody from the top cast member down to the, to Mickey Mouse or up to Mickey Mouse and all the way through are all on the same page, and Disney knows how to do it. So that's just a little bit of Disney magic from a specific cast member based on your podcast about the top ten cast members. I know that's a little long. I do apologize, but it was just a story that I had to share with you. So whoever does Jesse, whoever is a friend of Jesse during the uh, dance party in the Magic Kingdom, there's a little attaboy for you. All right, thanks, Lou. Love the podcast. Talk to you later. Have a magical day. In a world where laughter was king, 
Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Oh? Okay. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... No, I don't think so. In a land before time. One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. That's wrong. In an outpost. No. On the edge of space. Just space. A girl. No. Two girls. No. Now. No. More than ever. Stop it. A renegade cop. Oh, I hate you. A robot renegade cop. You're fired. You're fired. No, you're actually fired. I'm fired. Get out of the booth, Jack. No. I like it in here.